0: their paths crossed like two hot wires we are just about the friendliest folks you'd ever want to meet that's bonnie i'm sorry i was looking for maude everyone
1: has the right to make an ass out of themselves you can't let the world judge you too much that woman she took my car this
0: is bonnie and maude the film podcast with xenia yarosh and eleanor kagan
2: We mention our Lambrusco.
1: Yeah, especially because I guess I'm not the only one belching here. Oh yeah. And you <laughs> were the, the one smartly, that warned us about it. Should <laughs> yeah, yeah, we do like a chorus sparkly. of burps? Yeah. Well,
2: we're ladies. <laughs> we'll here. each
1: introduce ourselves with our signature burps. Perfect.
2: Um so this is Bonnie and Maud. I'm Eleanor Kagan. And I'm Xenia Yarosh. Um we are here in the studio apartment joined by a wonderful guest, Christina Cacciopo. You got it. <laughs> How do you want to be introduced? I mean, you are the departing <laughs> film programmer for the 92Y Tribeca. True. Leaving in your wake many years of excellent programming, <laughs> called by the New Yorker Ambitious. <laughs> and you are on your way to the Alamo Drafthouse, both in Austin and then later to New York.
1: True. That's that's a good way to put it, I guess.
2: <laughs> uh, so today we're going to be discussing Francis Ha, the new Noah Baumbach film, uh, written with Greta Gerwig, who also stars. And it is about a young 27-year-old woman who is an aspiring modern dancer living in New York City trying to get her shit together. We're going to look at the film's central relationship, which is between two best friends, two female friends, and how that changes throughout, and where this movie falls in the rest of Bombach's work we walked all the way home from the theater
1: without talking about it at all, so I'm
2: dying to hear what you guys thought about it. Well, because
1: Casenia already knows how we feel about it because we both had seen it before, but we don't know how Casenia feels about it. So,
0: Casenia, why don't you start? Um, I feel a lot of pressure (laughs) to dislike this movie, and there were definitely parts that I didn't like. So there is some relief (laughs) in that. Um, um, Sort of piggybacking on... Our girls conversation I feel like Frances Ha is like an older much more energetic Hannah um, and it's possible the comparison has been made already mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I haven't really read reviews or analysis of this movie but um, flailing um,
1: almost getting it kind of together which was the tagline exactly. of yeah. girls can be applied here
0: <laughs> I liked parts of it And the parts that I didn't like weren't the parts that I thought that I wouldn't like. Okay. (laughs) Uh, Do go on.
1: Mysterious. (laughs) I
0: I thought I would find the lead character uh, played by uh, Greta Gerwig irritating because in, in the trailer she's so whimsical and so... Literally dancing down the street to David Bowie's Modern Love. But what turned out to happen is I kind of hated her circle of friends and acquaintances. Um, and I was rooting for her um, even as I found her frustrating.
1: I think
2: the comparisons to girls are inevitable, uh, especially because also Adam Driver, who plays Adam in Girls, is in this movie as well. And sort of a similar character. I think he's way different. Yeah, I mean, but I almost like... I almost lament the fact that this is being so compared to Girls because this feels like such a different movie to me. And whereas Girls feels like it's gone away from following the friendships between the women on that show, Frances Ha was completely about two women who are friends and having their friendship tested. And I loved that. There need to be more movies about female friendships out there. And this felt very much like one rather than francis's attempts to date and failures and stuff like that
1: it's true and i think i mean i i I mean this was just a little maybe less rough around the edges than girls just because i think in the hands of noah bomback who just is you know he's been doing this for a while you know that was sort of his touch i've been a fan of his since kicking and screaming um that's another movie that i feel like is better than it really ought to be, or at least that I react to more emotionally than I would think. And even thinking about the way that he made his female characters in that movie, she's kind of an interesting, sort of, like, weird, unusual person that I think foreshadows this, <laughs> this Greta Gerwig and, and Francis. I mean, it's, you know, a, a, another sort of heavy post-college, like, we're hanging around post-college, but, you know, that was when Bombeck was in it. This is, like, very much the outsider view. And I think first you had Greenberg, which was sort of the old guy looking, looking at the young people. And then this was just in that world a little more, but I think it just, it, it captured so much. I, I was completely geared up to hate this movie and for, for no good reason. I I've <laughs> liked, you know, I love squid in the whale. I think it's a masterpiece. Uh, you know, I've had like lukewarm feelings about some of the other later Bomback films. I like Greta Gerwig. I think like, as far as the Mumblecore. uh, whatever wave went, she was the most interesting thing about it. Maybe the only interesting thing about it. But I, I was just seeing this as being, it was going to be too like all quirk. And Mm -hmm. I also thought that her character would, would drive me crazy. I was so geared up to hate it. And I, I went to a press screening and I was, I was so like, so moved in a way that I hadn't been during any, like any newer movie that I've seen. And I really didn't know it was going to be about the friendship. Uh, I, I really had no idea. And also I think so much of a kind of like unrequited platonic love Absolutely. Yes. is what I've been calling it and you don't see that very much because I do think that whatever the whole friendship best best friendship that Francis loved her more than, than, than Sophie lo- loved Francis.
2: I also felt very moved by this movie uh, more so the first time I saw it because it was all I had no idea what was going to happen and I, I realized the way I watch movies is I actually expect the worst like um <laughs> Quick side note there is a scene in Before Midnight where she's like chopping tomatoes, and I was like, Oh my god, she's gonna chop her finger off, it's gonna be horrible. And like, there's no <laughs> chance that that was gonna happen. So, I expect the worst in movies, I you know, I expected horrible things to happen, and um, I don't know what that has to do with this movie like getting under my skin, but it, it did, and maybe because it did sort of confirm the things that were fearful for me like your friendships that you care so much about fizzling out which this film captured so perfectly.
1: Yeah. Her performance is great. Like they, and I think that's what I noticed more the second time around. I had more time to kind of take in what she was sort of doing like even just like with her face and you know. And and that yeah, really made a difference.
2: I do want to point out that everything in this movie was scripted, even though it, many times it didn't feel like it was, but um, Greta and Noah, who are also dating, which is neither here nor there, but um, he said he said in a recent interview that they fell in love while making this movie together, which is very sweet, but um, they wrote the movie together, and I thought everything she says just sounded so natural, and mm-hmm. I actually thought it was really interesting that it was completely scripted and not impro- improvised at all.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> Ksenia,
2: what were the parts that you didn't like or that you didn't feel so warm about?
0: Yeah, I don't know where to fit it into my mental film catalog. And even as we were watching it, I was like, oh, this is a movie about friendship. Except not really. It's like more of a movie about being alone. And what you said, uh, what Christina said about like the friendship being sort of one-sided, like of course, of course it was. I just found, yeah, I found her friend Sophie really frustrating because I wanted that to work out. There was so much love projected onto her and
1: she didn't seem worthwhile. Yeah, and I think there's even that moment because when earlier when Frances is talking at the party about how she wants to have that thing with the with the person where she can look at them, at the end, she has it, but again, I don't feel like it's being drawn back her way. Like, I think she looks, she looks at Sophie after the dance and you it's, she's having that moment of like, I'm, I'm connecting with you. We Mm -hmm. know that, but, but I, again, like I, I, and I do feel like it was purposeful that you're not, Mm -hmm. you're not getting it back from Sophie. Like she's there. I mean, and that's what you get when they go to the, the dorm together. And there is sort of like this, this romance, and then Sophie just le- it's like she just mm-hmm. leaves, you know, she leaves a note.
2: <laughs> it was even evident in the way that Francis completely stopped her conversation to have that um, visual moment with Sophie, and Sophie kept talking to her husband. So Francis is much more committed, even in the tiniest of indicators. Mm-hmm. Uh, the bigger indicator being that she refused to move in with her Boyfriend, because she and Sophie still had a lease together, and Sophie thought nothing of. Yeah, it was a commitment. Like she
1: knew it was was, for her. It was a commitment, Mm -hmm. and for Sophie, it was a convenience. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah, because originally I went in to the movie thinking that it was a romance transformed, like in the language of friendship, but it was it wasn't really. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I liked it enough i just didn't quite connect with it and i um all the people around frances uh were really shallow and i
1: that's also by design i think and you even know that when sophie comes into the apartment what is it that she says everything in here seems really aware of itself yeah mm-hmm. this apartment seems so aware of itself i think that's really i mean there, there are always clues in the movie that make you know mm-hmm. that it knows so like it's even like okay yeah she moves in with these guys who clearly have money who clearly don't don't give a shit or need to like mm-hmm. take care of things and you know oh oh is that your fam- a picture of your family on the wall like no you know <laughs> and then you know but Sophie kind of confirms it by coming in and saying like
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know these these this is all aware of itself mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> so why isn't Frances with people of her kind
1: well she's sort of she's sort of singular, like, she just, she just is herself, and probably doesn't fit in Mm -hmm. anywhere, I mean, you know, then she goes to, like, a, you know, a dinner party with a different sort of, caliber people, people? yeah, yeah, and, and doesn't quite work there, Mm -hmm. so I think that, I mean, that it's not, it's pretty relatable, (laughs) you know, I think there's a lot of people that, that, that feel like square pegs, Mm-hmm. um so i don't know that it would just be easy and and just being that it's not like she seems to know how to do stuff mm-hmm. it probably isn't like i just need to go find you know if she thinks sophie sophie's the one mm-hmm. sophie's the one that she fits with they're the same person with different hair <laughs> you know that, yeah. that whole thing
2: yeah sophie seems to get her in a way that few people do
0: or she imagines that sophie gets uh, yeah
1: her. I, I, I think there's that too and that's why I think there's a lot of that interesting stuff. Even, like, like saying something like, don't treat me like your three-hour brunch friend, you know? Like, we all know what that means. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? I loved that line. Yeah.
0: So, more than disliking the movie, I think it's just... Yeah, it just made me uncomfortable <laughs> remembering, like, friendships that, that I lost and, like, like really awkward moments that I had with people and by myself. Um the moment that I found really touching um was actually towards the end when we see the dance that um Francis choreographed, which I mean I don't even really know how to interpret dance, but to me it read as a variation and what of what has happened to Francis mm-hmm. in the mm-hmm. past. Absolutely.
1: And I think that's another um, thing that's really hard to pull off when you when you any way that you try to represent art in movies. Yeah. And that, that also w- is what really was kind of like clinched it for me in the movie. Because it was just I think, subtle And enough. it was perfect because it wasn't like, it was like, this is amazing choreography. It was like, no, it is her.
2: Yeah, that only stuck out to me this time when I saw the movie. But there was the one woman in the dance who was kind of doing her own thing, interacting with the one man in the dance. And all the other dancers were kind of like
0: dancing around them. And she was avoiding knocking into them mm-hmm. and kind of she kept doing like her own movements. pairing up with one person or two people and then going away pulling away dancing around them mm-hmm. um i i like i felt really emotional during that moment even though I'm not a big dance buff um but like I think that was really really important to have Francis actually accomplish something towards the end I was worried that the whole movie would be a bummer cuz <laughs> so much of it is like just the wrong moves the wrong timing everything is wrong and uh if it hadn't included that dance I would not have felt the same about the movie
2: hmm. was Frances delusional about becoming a professional modern dancer though because when we see her dancing she's not very good and I almost appreciated that Greta Gerwig was dancing normally rather than exceptionally compared with something like black swan where they spent months giving natalie portman ballet lessons she would come off as a believable ballerina
1: but again i think that's what the world of the movie is i mean how many artists that do we know in our lives that just aren't very good like it's it's not a story of like this talented person who's not getting her due it's somebody who's just sort of average and of course who knows they're average you know except me <laughs> <laughs>
0: How does this movie fit in uh, within Bombac's
1: general career of film? As the the nerd, I guess, in this (laughs) little group here, there's a lot of filmmakers, especially male filmmakers, that have trouble drawing female characters. And I think, like in his movies, well, I think there's been a balance of them being sort of like at the forefront because you have Margot at the wedding. Um, It's easy for me to like movies where characters are not likable. And I get that about that movie, and I appreciate it. It wasn't my favorite, even in something like Squid and the Whale. Um, I think Squid and the Whale is amazing, and that, like I said, I was a longtime fan of Kicking and Screaming. I was sort of waiting for him to come and do, you know, he had a few indie movies in the 90s, like Highball, which actually has uh, Justine Bateman in it, and she's sort of like very interesting in it. I, I haven't seen it in many years. Uh, he also had this movie, Mr. Jealousy, which stars Eric Stoltz, which is, a, like, even, like, maybe a little too goofy. Squin the Whale, when it came out, I was, I was so, like, just so happy that it was really, I thought, a masterpiece. Why, and why is it at the, at the top? I just think that the characters are, it is very difficult to carry off having such despicable characters but still have people be with it and kind of mm-hmm. get get it. I just think it's so well written and even just the metaphor of the squid and the whale like it it, it just all I think it all came together in a way that which is completely remarkable and that you know that you have you have the writing there and i think that was sort of the thing with him in the beginning was that he, i think his writing was good but it was sort of like well where is he as a director like where, where are we seeing anything in this movie that actually had like some like like really nice sort of visual representation of things um i want to watch greenberg again i didn't <laughs> i didn't like it so much i sort of in my head want to like it a little more and even i i also really liked greta gerwig in it like i i I liked her sort of character and i was glad greta gerwig in like the mumblecore world was you know i think like hot girl and then once she got kind of put into this bigger arena it was like who's this big boned girl and it's like what the (laughs) fuck you know like average uh, yeah like like what are you even talking about it's like she's you know she's not traditional but she's like pretty beautiful you know she's very beautiful and so greenberg i feel like that was sort of people like at like a bigger audience being you know introduced to her she's also
0: the quirky girl in that uh remake of arthur arthur Mm -hmm. yeah she also plays a best friend in a natalie portman movie i think um
2: (laughs) yeah no strings attached yeah i
1: think it was like up to the hollywood universe she would be the best friend Mm -hmm. so luckily i and i mean that's why i think it's really nice that Noah Baumbach, someone like him, would discover her and be able to do something with her beyond the Mumblecore movies.
2: I have to level with you about Greenberg, though. <laughs> I watched it on a date. And let <laughs> me tell you, it is the worst date movie of all time. It's a miracle I'm still with that person. <laughs> That's um, funny. But there was something about the awkwardness and the really horrible sex scenes and the... There are multiple... And, uh sex scene i guess and just like the general feelings of listlessness and emptiness that made it a horrible it just i guess it was the situation i was in when i was watching it but i i also feel like i want to give it another chance but it can't be that bad
1: because so many people love it well i i think it's valid to not like it and i think it also does come from a place of like a sort of cynicism like that came from like the mm-hmm. 90s like coming of age in the 90s and it was like you know being cynical was cool and then all of a sudden like you you, you know I feel like I'm somewhere in between uh you know because I i I've, I definitely noticed that people in their 20s have this sort of like earnestness that like it seems very vulnerable and like you 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 know like that sort of generation of, of like people who are now in their 40s wouldn't bear themselves in that way and then i think that's what that movie is sort of like getting at
2: (laughs) speaking on the idea of cynicism versus uh sincerity it it stands out to me that there was this moment in the very beginning of francis ha where greta gerwig is saying oh sophie check out this line in this book i'm reading and the line is about how nowadays sincerity in art is seen not necessarily as a positive thing it's seen as sort of a sign of weakness or mm-hmm. kind of preciousness mm-hmm. so it's interesting that you say that
1: mm-hmm. no and i think that it's definitely there and i mean the thing is even in kicking and screaming i mean its characters are the epitome of cynical i mean you have chris eigeman it's you know it's it's like the the even the wit stillman Whit stillman films of the time like it's that 90s kind of thing like it's like these people that kind of can't help but everything has to be clever we have to everything we're saying has to be clever and we're always guarded and all of that um but but again aware of it of that so do you think that
2: francis ha falls away from that cynicism yeah well
1: i feel like it i mean it's almost like a remake because again like you have vassar college where where noah von went i took a picture of his yearbook picture when i was there once (laughs) (laughs) um and, which, you know, also was, kicking and screaming was, like, the like we're graduating, like, what, what you know, what do you do? I do nothing, you know? Um, it's kind of, like, almost as, like, a weird companion in some ways as as almost 20 years later, like, somebody going through that same sort of thing, like, a little bit later in life, but sort of, like, navigating. Because cause kicking and screaming has a lot to do with friendships, too, and friendships not being what they used to be, and people not knowing what to do with themselves once they're sort of in a different environment. And there's a lot of, in kicking, screaming, st- you know, they don't leave the college town, but there, it's just, like, there's so much, like, going back. Like, we're going to go, you know. Like, there's the whole joke where it's, like, it's not even like we're celebrities. It's like we're on Hollywood squares. Um, so, you know, and Francis Hashi goes back, <laughs> too, you know. So, yeah, there's something. There's It's not parallel, but it's... Something speaks, they, they speak to each other in a different way.
2: I can see that. Mm-hmm. Um, the only thing that seems to be different is the ethos. Because in Kicking and Screaming, you know, the the Generation X slacker thing, people chose to not get jobs and chose to sort of do nothing, as you said. But in Frances Haas, she kind of can't. Or she's th-
0: trying really hard, she's, to
2: She's trying really hard, but that's the whole, like, current generational thing that seems to be, you know, constantly discussed in in media and, and in art and in girls
1: um where people want to work but, but can't the thing that's become different is people are trying but there's in a, a larger pool of competition and then there's a there's a lot more not getting paid because everyone gets it for free all mm-hmm. the time everywhere um the
2: attitudes of francis's male roommates Benji and Lev um one of them Lev was Adam Driver um I don't know who played Benji Uh, but i liked him a lot Mm -hmm. but anyway his his whole sensibility felt so oh yeah i'm gonna write a couple of scenes maybe work on snl but you know it's really gone downhill lately so and And again that
1: was another sophie line which was the only people that can afford to be artists these days are rich or you know have Uh rich parents and i think that's also that is another big part of like this sort of generation is like parents are still taking care of their kids like up through (laughs) <laughs> you yeah. know. Uh yeah. At one point he says, "Yeah, I'm borrowing more money from my stepdad, that asshole." Yeah, it's like what like come on. <laughs> um I think that the whole not getting a job thing didn't last very long. Maybe it was the first generation that like everyone went to college and then and so that was sort of like the beginning of the like, "Okay, I went to college, like why aren't you sort of handing me everything on a silver platter?" you know the trip to paris Mm -hmm. was maybe my favorite part of the movie
2: because it at once was so freeing and spontaneous and like Respectable. It's like how we all want to live our lives. Like, let's go to Paris for the weekend. And then it was totally desperate and sad, and nothing worked out. Uh, the
1: saddest line in the whole movie <laughs> was,
2: uh, "What time did Puss
1: in Boots start?" <laughs> <laughs> well, I think the two trips in the movie, like going to the parents, because the, the whole thing of going to the parents, it's it's so simple. Like, there's barely anything said, but we we've all been there too. You know, it's and those like are you go her real
2: parents. Oh, actually. really? I yeah. wondered
1: that actually. I, I meant to look. Um, yeah, I feel like that, and some, something about that trip was very sad to me too. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, the Paris trip, I think again that was another thing that was just drawn out so perfectly. The the whole idea of like, yeah, I'm just I'm just taking off to Paris, and then just doing it all wrong, like sleeping all the whole day, and then like, you know trying to find the one person that you know there, walking around sort of like beautiful scenery that just sort of like isn't doesn't sink in, doesn't really mean anything you're by yourself doing it and then like getting home and getting yeah (laughs) your your face is reacting to the 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 different air uh and then you go you land and you get the phone call from your friend like oh this is perfect timing there's a hot guy here there's like all this stuff and you're not there anymore you're not there anymore (laughs) yeah it's it's heartbreaking it's really heartbreaking (laughs) the trip
2: home i i felt very emotional about as well because that feeling of getting to escape your life for a little while to go to the familiar to hang out with your parents and see all your old friends yeah yeah, old friends and then there's that feeling just i loved how they had the shot of the plane coming back into new york city and it was a very heartbreaking shot because it's like back to reality yeah after this you know beautiful trip
0: Mm -hmm. yeah yeah the the editing of that was really specific it was like a montage but cut a little differently from a standard montage. Well, you kind of
1: got it all with with it being subtle. Like, because you you knew she was sitting down with people that looked very different than Mm -hmm. her New York friends. But you, Mm -hmm. you, okay, that's the shorthand. Like, you know, those are her old friends that are probably doing way different things and everything, even going to church. Like, you know, like this other life, the origin story, (laughs) you know?
2: Do you guys have any thoughts about the movie being shot in black and white?
0: (laughs) From the interview that I read with the um, with Greta Gerwig and Noah Baumbach, uh, was the initial idea was, I think Noah said, I wanted to make something in black and white and something with Greta, and so I think it sort of started from there, uh, and it was supposed to have sort of you know a Frenchy film vibe, and they built the story within those parameters um i kind of wish it it was more
1: stark but it's just video it was shot on video though right or was it shot on film i don't know that actually i meant to look up because i i have like serious qualms about video stuff that's shot in black and white because like the the main purpose of shooting things in black and white on film was cuz it was cheaper. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I don't think it makes a difference with video. I mean maybe there's something cheaper like with color correcting or something, but it kind of seems just it seems a little disingenuous. To have that look. <laughs> maybe. And I and I was thinking about that cuz I was like, do I I usually have a problem with that? Do I have a problem with that with this movie? No. I I think I get it.
0: I mean, some of the movements um dancing of it uh, i think stood out more in black and white um but i i just wish it it was a little bit prettier because it it kind of looked more gray and a little too washed out for my taste that's what new york looks like <laughs> <laughs> um i do love how new yorky this movie was like how many spots i could recognize
1: and how many places i've been and like you know, you're like I peed on those subway tracks before. <laughs> I've never thought of doing that before. It looks dangerous. I don't. It, I, I should we go try really it nervous. right now? No. You only have to do it when the train isn't coming. Though that was yeah. That was if I were in a Q and A, my question would be: Excuse me did you did you find a station that was abandoned? Were you how safe are you with filming this scene? Because it it makes it made me really nervous. Yeah, a little. I felt a little anxious during that. Hmm. Um, but then you have you know oh the F's not running. Yeah, we've all been there. Definitely. <laughs> Definitely all been there. So that makes it way New York. All right. (laughs) Maybe we could discuss some other great
0: films um, about friendship, female friendship.
1: Uh, Well, there's a great movie called Girlfriends from uh, 78 by Claudia Weil, uh, which is about two women living in the city and their friendships kind of splitting apart. One of them is, is about to get married. So she moves out. Um, it's worth talking about one movie that Greta Gerwig is in that's also about French uh, female friendship, called *Yeast*, that was directed by this woman, Mary Wall. But it's about a very toxic friendship that's falling, that's falling apart. And they're, you know, they're basically, and the, actually, the, the director is in the film. She's the other friend with Greta Gerwig, and they they're just basically. It's been a long time since I've seen it, but you guys should actually check it out they're they really, like, trying to tear each other apart. Like, it's... And it's and it's the kind of thing I think is really hard for people to watch. A lot of people hate it because, it, I mean, the characters are horrible, but you, it there is a payoff when you get to the end that is sort of like, whoa, like... They kill amazing. each other? <laughs> no. <laughs> See, you think the, the worst thing will too. <laughs> no, I mean, something that is, like, way deeper than anything like that, you know? Mm-hmm. And that actually, like, was kind of amazing. Uh, I definitely suggest you guys take it out. Um... What else do you guys have? I know I have more. I need to jog jog um, my memory.
0: I mean, bachelorettes are not not bachelorettes. <laughs> bridesmaids. Well, that was right, bachelorette. Bride-maid. I didn't bridesmaids. like bachelorettes. No. Oh, b- bridesmaids. Um, bridesmaids is a, is a good recent example. Also for a good time call. <laughs> um, <laughs> I haven't
1: seen that one.
2: I loved it. It was one of, besides Holy Motors, it was my other favorite movie
0: of 2012, really. Though, like... In how many of these movies is the change in friendship triggered by, like, the heterosexual relationship of one of the women?
2: Not in For a Good Time Call. Yeah. It is not. It's uh, all the romantic relationships are totally secondary Mm -hmm. to Mm -hmm. the uh, phone sex line that the two best friends start or the two enemies turned best friends start.
1: Oh, the obvious one, Romy and Michelle's High School Reunion. Of course. Of course. (laughs) Which, again, like, has so many great things. And and especially, like, once you get to the sort of, like, love interest thing, they all dance together. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And then, again, the movie ends still with the friends, you Mm -hmm. know? Although... It is the rich guy who helps
0: them start it's their true. business and, I, and, and I was, begin their
1: lives. I was thinking about that, and I, like I, I, but at least like they're totally aware of it because they, you know, they do like a whole like, oh, maybe we'll be able to pay him back. So it's not like a, he's yeah. just bankrolling us. It's like yeah, that's it's like we're fair. you know he helped us get started. But I think that yeah, that to me also I think with thinking of that compared to bridesmaids. Like, I think it is such an underrated movie and such a great movie about female friends Mm -hmm. who just kind of are who they are and are perfect for each other and, like, you know, are are kind of, like, in love, you know? (laughs) Yeah,
2: it's a very special kind of love. Um, other movies that I have not seen, but I hear are in the canon of female friendship that are next on my docket, Heavenly Creatures. Oh, yeah. Uh, yes. That's one of my favorites. I've been
1: pushing that on you. My, yeah, as a, as a teenager, it was my favorite, much to my mom's uh, displeasure, because it involves a mom. Don't
2: But it's happens in the beginning. No, it's, no like way, the, no. it's a
1: known story. I actually don't know the story. Oh, you don't? Okay.
2: I would um, also venture a
1: single white female might be in this category, because uh, it's about female friendship don't gone know. Home about that no no i think like still when you get in this territory of women pitted against each other i mean not that i would call them a misogynist but i'm not going to say that it's some <laughs> you know great tale of friendship or depiction even I don't it's think also that. a one-sided friendship yeah. if you can call it that yeah but heavenly creatures i think too it's it really for me was I, there's still kind of nothing like it uh like, showing this sort of world of teenage girls uh, and, and this... I mean, even just getting to this part where it's, like, like you know, why are men such fools? And, like, men are on this, like, you know, they, they have their fantasy world they create and then there are, like, these men that sort of pursue them and they're just, like, laughing at them and, mm-hmm. and just sort of doing their own thing. That that movie is great. And, and it's funny because it's, like, obviously, like, you know, it's not like they're not interested in men. They're, like, obsessed with, with like, matinee idols and stuff, you know, but, like... Mm-hmm. It just still like it's still but it's about a their different fantasy kind, world. kind of love.
2: Mm-hmm. Is it a female friendship movie trope that there's always sort of the joke about the possible lesbian relationship? Because there's the, there's one in Frances Ha, mm-hmm. uh, there's one in Romeo and Michelle,
1: mm-hmm.
2: where they say, "Oh,
1: maybe yeah, we're, we're like, not married, we, we're 30. Yeah, should
0: we just try to have sex sometimes mm-hmm. and see if we are yeah. into each other? No, all right. I feel it. Like it's it's kind of inevitable, and yeah, I. While watching Francis Ha, I'm I was trying to think how I would feel about the movie if they did cross over if Francis like kissed mm-hmm. Sophie,
1: and I I don't know. <laughs> well, because uh, you do have that in Heavenly Creatures. Mm-hmm. It's it's not like they. It's weird. I don't even think they would consider themselves lesbians, but it's just sort of like what they do, mm-hmm. <laughs> and. Um, it's like, what is the next step? Our love is so intense. Yeah,
0: yeah. Like, I have to express it some way beyond words. Yeah.
2: I mean, the lines feel very fluid in a way because the way that Frances does feel about Sophie feels like romantic love in many ways. Mm-hmm. And Francis feels jealous when Sophie runs off with her boyfriend in the way that a lover would feel if, you know, they're significant. There's they a for somebody else.
0: pretty good early scene where um, Frances is at her boyfriend's place and they're talking about moving in together and, you know, she hesitates and ultimately they decide not to. And Sophie calls and she tells Sophie she loves her like four yeah, times yeah. while the boyfriend is just standing <laughs> off to the side trying to figure out what's going on with their relationship. Uh, she just can't like not keep telling her how much she
1: yeah even with the i'm gonna say this and i'm gonna hang up you Mm -hmm. know (laughs) and you don't have to say anything back Mm -hmm. um but yeah i think i do think that it's also a familiar thing that when you've had a friend for so long and they start to you know get in a relationship that there always is because they're just they're definitely inevitably just feeling of abandonment and you know and suspicion also that because you want you want the guy to be like worthy And so, like, inevitably, they're kind of never worthy. Mm -hmm. Uh, And the conversations that you
0: have with your friend a lot are, like, the criticisms of this person. Yeah, yeah. So the fact that she ends up marrying this man after, like,
1: Francis hearing all these terrible things about him is
0: confusing.
1: Yeah. But also, I mean, Francis says... You know, when, when you go to the deli and something funny happens, like, you're going to tell him, not me. So there's that. There's, mm-hmm. like, there. it's it's just a sort of loneliness. The intimacy you know? is lost. Loo- because that is the sort of thing that does inevitably end up happening. Like, when you sort of get in a relationship, you lose the closeness because you do have the other person that is going to be the first one that you're going to tell all the, the stuff to.
2: Mm-hmm. That's why this movie felt so real. Mm-hmm. So, Ksenia, um, as much as we were looking to you to be the voice
1: of dissent for Francis, Oh, I Frances, know. Huh.
0: I'm so sorry.
1: <laughs> the thing is, I don't know that anybody... I mean, we went with a, a pretty substantial group of people. None of them disliked it. I haven't really heard of anybody not liking it. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's actually one smart thing that they have been trying to do even with marketing the movie. Like, I think that they tried to do a lot of preview screenings because I think that there was this sort of, like... You might have expectations and I I even saw somebody note that, like a film critic say, like, you know, you might be this certain age and you think you you know what this movie is and that it doesn't tell your story or that it's not relevant, but just see it because it's not what you think it is. And I and I think that's you know, that's valid. Yes. Universally (laughs) beloved Or maybe we gotta go outside of New York. (laughs) Uh, Let's go do some man (laughs) on the street
0: interviews.
1: Yeah. Find out what that fifty year old dad in you know the <laughs> middle of Texas. Thinks exactly. About it. I mean exactly. And that, that would actually be my huge curiosity is like how how do people in other cities read this?
0: You know? How do people
1: of other generations read it?
2: Thank you, Christina.
1: Thank you guys for having me.
0: <laughs> Thank you for listening to Bonnie and Mauds. Uh, check us out at Bonnieandmott.com. Find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Tumblr.
2: Is there ever one?
0: No. Did
1: you finish it all? <laughs> Look at you now. It was yeah, good. I, I, poured, I poured it all out for us so we didn't have really to get up. Ah.
2: I drank it like halfway
1: through this conversation. I was like, oh, I want more. It's so good.
2: Thank you so much. Thanks. This was fun. Yeah, it was good. Every day I've the day that you got through.